All right, we going? All right, hey everybody, John Troutman here with uh, Truth or Comfort, our podcast. I'm here with Brandon Copeland. He is a commercial real estate agent here in the Phoenix Valley, and we felt it was very uh, appropriate to have him on the call or show today. We wanted to talk to him about uh, real estate in general and kind of get his story uh, of how he got into real estate. So why don't welcome welcome to the show, Brandon. Thanks for having me, John. I'm totally comfortable right now. Can you tell? Okay. So Brandon's a little uncomfortable and he knows I'm going to call him out on this. He's got this red thing on his eye. So let's just get this out of the way real quick. It's, listen, I just want to put it out to the universe that, that this is not contagious. Because it looks – But if you want to get – let me just rub it on your No, phone. it looks like – is that pus coming out of it? What is that? No, it's – there's an ointment. You put a antibacterial. <laughs> Thank you for bringing us up. I appreciate this. <laughs> this is really great. Hello. I mean, I can't. My I name can't, is not. I can't. I want to. It's like, uh, what is that? Something about Mary Bully or whatever. <laughs> no, that was. Uh, that was it. Anyways. I appreciate I just, that. Yeah. Thank okay. You. Let's move on. Let's, no, that's good. This is a good icebreaker. It's, listen, it's out I of feel the way. Great. You don't have to hit stuff. Jeez. Now he's getting angry, folks. All right. So let's, let's go ahead. Uh, all jokingness aside for just a second, how, how did you get uh, here in the Phoenix Valley and how did you get started in commercial real estate? Okay, great questions. Great questions, John. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, my wife's from Phoenix. Okay. She grew up in Arcadia. She was student body president, class of 2000. So she's very ingrained here. And uh, we met up at BYU. Good LDS family here. Amen. And the uh her whole her family's down here i just moved down here because my family are transients in the military so we have no home per se and i took over i well i was planning to take over her father's jewelry business that's what brought me down here really yeah and as soon as i started that business i hated it and i decided to quit quit the dad's business the family business huh yeah it was a terrible business all right, so then what? You got into commercial real estate or real estate in general? So, no, yeah. So the story is, you know, I was doing the jewelry stuff and I was also going to school online and I took this class on finance something or other. I don't remember exactly, but basically one of the assignments was like analyze this commercial real estate deal, which I'd never even heard of the concept of commercial real estate. And when I did that, I was like, dude, this is cool. People own buildings like office buildings and you can sell that stuff and that kind of got me excited and I started looking into it and it's like oh this is a career where you work generally you can work nine to five and weekdays and you can be your own boss and you can make a good amount of money and you don't work with a bunch of slouches and you're you know just all the pieces were like oh these are things I want in my life right and so uh at that point, I decided, okay, I'm going to pursue this. How much more detail do you want? I can keep going. No, no, it's good. Going. I mean, I imagine like people that don't think about commercial real estate, when I think about it, like, because we, when we look at stuff, it's usually in that nine to five where if it's residential, it's typically after five, right? Or weekends. So you kind of have a uh, more of a traditional work hours. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like bank hours, kind right. of. Kind of. I mean, you're working with businesses, so you're working business hours. Do you have a lot of competition? Yeah, it's very cutthroat. I mean, this business, like any sales gig, you know, there's it's cutthroat. But commercial real estate is especially cutthroat because people are actually really smart. You're dealing with attorneys, real estate developers, you know, 
shysty people. Have you ever like hurt anybody like physically? Punched, yeah, because, physically like, punched a, someone? No, no. Like oh. maybe grazed him with your car. Maybe another agent. Okay, no. I can tell you don't want to. Talk no, about I don't want to. I have a statute of limitations <laughs> that I need to wait. wait we'll wait. We'll, yeah, we'll wait till next year. Yeah. Couple years to talk about July that. of 2019. So, so, you, so how many years have you been in commercial real estate now? So October this year completed my 12th year. Wow. Yeah. I've been doing it a while. Yeah. That's that's why I have all this gray hair on the side. I shaved it. Uh, I see that. Just right for men or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you're mainly in central Phoenix. What kind of projects or properties do you sell? Is it all over? Like if you could- so the I get actually get asked this question a lot by you know people who are trying to decide if they want to hire me. Mm-hmm. What's your deal? What do you specialize in? And so what I like to tell We're people is, to is that okay. <laughs> I'm actually this is a job interview. Yeah. yeah. Oh shoot. <laughs> no, I'm really nervous. Um no so I tell people, you know, if it's central Phoenix, like let's just say central Phoenix downtown I'll basically work on anything. If it's I've sold land, I've sold office buildings, I've sold retail buildings, I've sold warehouse. I mean, I've done it all in Central Phoenix. Outside of Central Phoenix, that little core pocket, I do some office, and I've sold some strip malls. Like that's kind of what I'll do outside of Central Phoenix. That's what I like to tell people. Got it. That said, I've done almost everything. I've done apartments, land, development. I mean, everything all over. But those are just the things I prefer to work on. All right. So it's December 2018. What do you what do you see the market doing right now? I know it's typically like you probably have your your late uh, 1031 exchanges going on for year end. People trying to yep. position some money uh, for yep. tax purposes. But how is the market overall? How, how do you feel? You're talking like generally speaking, the cycle. Where are we at? Well, or right okay, now, so, like this month. I mean, where, no, no. What, what okay, where are we at? Where are we at in the cycle for listeners, especially? I mean, every market's a little bit different. What do you? Where are we at in the cycle, and how do you feel about the Phoenix market? Okay, so the Phoenix market is doing really well compared to you know 2008 through 12, 13. It was like just dead, and so it's been really nice since that point in time, like 2012, to like see it improve every year. And I personally have seen that happen. Like it, every year it's gotten better and good and things are strong and, you know, all the right economic indicators are in place that just are telling us, okay, we're, we're stable and we're headed the right direction. And that, that said, you know, a lot of times people talk to brokers like these economic guys from banks and whatever, and they tell us different things, what they're thinking. Everybody claims, you know, I don't have a crystal ball, but one thing that has been a common consensus among all these people is that we don't know what's going to happen after the next election. So there, you know, the stuff I've heard is we're going up, we're going to stall out come 2019 leading into the next presidential election. And then when that occurs, who knows, we could go up or down. We don't know. Right. Just depends on who goes into office, I guess. Yeah. So okay. not to be political, but that actually probably plays in. Um, maybe. Um, so, <laughs> So I, yeah, we've heard like there could be like a 5% drop, but, but uh, that's all people speculating. I guess f- what we are seeing is um, for those of you listening that are on the West Coast, like West Coast cities, I'm sorry, that, that goes for Seattle, that goes for San Francisco, the Bay Area, stuff like that. Um, there are people going out, you know, consultants that work for people like you, right? 
and consulting and trying to get them to move their businesses inland to maybe like a Phoenix market, Austin. Oh, totally. And we're uh, seeing that. Yeah. Just all the, the taxes in California and the business environment there is so just non-friendly. Yeah. yeah. That there are a lot of businesses moving here, tech companies, media companies, a lot of that stuff's coming out of here. So those of you that are in the Phoenix market, we have a uh, an event that we're putting on in January that we're going to be meeting up with a lot of people, and this is one of the reasons why we're doing it is because we we're, we are seeing that growth and talking to people and the opportunities that come from it. What are we ranked number one as far as income growth uh, in the country, Phoenix, which is pretty solid yeah i believe and, it uh, well i got that information from your competition yesterday well then maybe it's a lie <laughs> i don't know it's guy's a liar <laughs> he said you were a nice guy so maybe oh, was. Shoot, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> case in point case in point he said i was nice <laughs> oh. all right hey so Lots of good stuff going on in the Valley. Tell me um, for someone that's looking at getting going in commercial real estate, because we've been working together for what, five, six years, five years. Yeah. Time flies, man. It does. And uh, we're probably a little unorthodox in the way that we go about it. But for most people, um, I imagine, I mean, what would you, what do you see the misconceptions are around commercial real estate? Um, people wanting to buy but not not sure how to get into it or you know what steps to take. So I guess it's two parts. What are the misconceptions and what can they do to get started in commercial real estate? Okay, here's here's what I think is the number one misconception with commercial real estate. It's not residential. It does not have the same velocity as residential. Right. Like when you're in that residential world, like something will get snatched up in a day or sold in a week, and it's like. Yeah, that's pretty normal, whatever. In commercial, you'll have a listing for six months, a year. I mean, if it's a development deal, year and a half, depending on permits and zoning crap, it's like stuff moves a lot slower right. on the commercial side. So you have to, if you're getting into it as an investor, I would say put that in your underwriting. Like I'm going to hold this thing for six months at least and have to figure out what to do with it. Yeah, and I would – I would add to that at least that time frame because you have to reposition the asset. We typically get them when we're buying them from you. We're not looking at the necessarily exit of selling it right away. We're looking at the long-term hold because we we fix and flip at high velocity the single-family stuff or even multifamily because it does move quicker. It's easier to get financing it's more mm -hmm. mainstream yep. so there's more people readily available to buy it mm -hmm. and the commercial piece that's why we like it too is because it's it is a the misconceptions out there people uh but it doesn't move fast that is one thing but it's not as difficult as people might make it but the income that we find and we get from it is so much better than single and even multi-family you don't deal with like the my toilet's clogged at two in the morning phone call like that stuff too. Yeah. Management, management wise, don't you think it's easier? Management wise, there's less touches on the building. Uh, you're not, you don't have, you have, let's just say you have 50 tenants. You don't have 50 kitchens. Right. You don't have 50 things to fix. You don't have 50 evictions that you have to go through. Mm -hmm. When people have a business and it's not successful, what we found, they just move out. 
They disappear. Yeah. At midnight. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. You don't have to ask them to leave. So the tenant rights and all that stuff are so much better and you don't have to put the same money into it. Now the facade and stuff like that we do, but typically we're just not spending this, we're not even close to the same amount of money. So that's one of the reasons why we like it too. Yeah. No, I think that's universal among commercial owners. They agree with that. So you deal with a lot of, I would say, successful people um, because I would imagine you have companies, entities, um, you know, funds, whatever, buying stuff from you, right? Yeah. Mostly, well, the people I deal with are mostly local investors who are pretty, who are pretty well seasoned. Like they've, they've been in the real estate world for, you know, 20 years plus. Got it. And these are people like who, I don't know, it just made something I've discovered in the beauty of being a commercial real estate agent, I guess, is you can kind of, you get to pick your clients, you get to decide who you want to work with. And so over the years, it's been nice to weed out people that are losers or jerks and just work with people that are cool, that are real, that know what they're doing, that are honest and loyal. Like all that stuff is so valuable to a, to a broker, an agent like me. It's like I can sleep at night knowing, you know, you're not going to go out and go around my back and like screw me on some deal. It's really wonderful, frankly. Yeah, it's, it's, it is one of those things like we talk about uh, and this we don't need to get into the residential real estate agents on this this podcast now, but as far as the commercial goes, you build the relationship with the with the broker, and you just can, it's kind of like an exclusive relationship, right? Where we're constantly getting stuff from you, and vice vice versa, we're teeing stuff up. In fact, after this podcast, we're on our way to look at a a property, right? So, That's right. Um, it is one of those things that is a little bit different than I would say a fix and flip person that's exclusive. Yeah, this isn't a or, fly by night. I mean, this is they're, they're big deals. Hey, fix and flip people are fly by night. Why I'm would not, you hey, say that? That's mean. We have a lot of fix and flip people listening to it. And they're not fly flip. by nights. They're right. the real thing. That's right. Hey, so here's what's my question. Here's my question. So you deal with a handful of what'd you say? Um, seasoned investors. Thank you. Um, probably a decent amount. Yeah. Okay. So how many combined all of them and then how many Lamborghinis do they have? <laughs> no, I just want to know because we got a lot of what? No, that's a really, uh, because among the, among the, you know, it, I zero Lamborghinis for sure. Okay. There's zero Lamborghinis. There's a couple Mercedes in there. Well, yeah, of course. Mercedes and, is a and nice then there's, car. Why, and then there's, there's would, a couple guys who use tape on their glasses still, you know, like I, I I'm not respect, kidding. I respect that. Yeah, they're just like you would you would honestly look at them and think I have a couple clients. Honestly, you, you look say, at them and you, you would think, reach in your pocket and say, let me give you this. Absolutely. Yeah. You're like, are you homeless? <laughs> no, it's because they're it's because they're at the project. They're ripping out a wall themselves. And these are guys worth 20 million dollars. Right. You know, it's like, are you really like I wouldn't do that. I mean, maybe I'm just lazy. I wouldn't. No, no, no. I, I honestly respect it. We I do too. With, we I work too. with, uh, I'll say his name, Clint, right? He's, he's very modest. I would say. Absolutely. So, is Brandon. Yeah. so working with people that are, that are like that, I love it. But, uh, I love the fact that you don't know anybody with the Lamborghini and they're doing all this stuff. No, I just want to, I'm trying to peel that back. I want people just to, and I keep touching on it just cause I think it's funny that Every video has to do with somebody with 
in their Lamborghini, <laughs> but we don't get to see their projects. We don't get to understand how they got where they're at. Uh, no one's talking about the real estate piece uh, of it. It's just, look what I have. Let me show you my lifestyle, how cool I am, but let's not talk about real estate. So, you know, I'm just being honest. It's like you guys, they're making their money selling you the, their, their bill of goods or whatever, whatever they're selling at that time. Are you a motivational speaker? Are you a real estate investor? You know, um, currency trader. I mean, you're jack of all trades, whatever selling that day. And then look at my car. So, yeah. I don't know. I, I've we've we've been laser focused on our model. Our model is a little unique. Brandon's a huge piece of that. He does our commercial real estate uh, in the valley uh, with us. So as far as that goes, that's why we wanted him on today. You guys, uh, you can't contact him though. There's a no contact rule. <laughs> if you listen to this podcast, you can't contact unless you want to buy one of our buildings, then you can contact. Or him or if you're already an existing client. Or you, you're just cutting everybody off now. It's on yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> you're done. You're exclusive. For no. But uh, okay. So the market. Let's just wrap it up. But how do you see the market going the next couple of years? Okay. So. Uh, and what opportunities do you see still? Oh, okay. I like it. Um, I think the opportunities. Let's start there. I think the opportunities are where I, I've told this to a handful of clients are where you have vision. I mean, the stuff that's like. A hundred percent leased retail center that's a deal, forget about it. They don't exist because everybody's selling at six caps or five caps or whatever it is. So, you know, those that's not the opportunity. The opportunity is finding like the junky old whatever or the mismanaged office or retail or whatever it is, warehouse. You take that, have a little bit of vision and say, okay, here's what we can do. We're going to either convert the use from, you know, a warehouse to retail or we're going to go from office to you know, multifamily or whatever. So you got to have that vision to convert these things and, and obviously the ability to execute. But that's where I think you can add value in this market still. Right. And you've been good at that, actually. We, we've been lucky to pick up a couple pieces that yeah. we've been able to do that. Yes. I, I feel like that is the, the uh, sweet spot here in the Valley that there's just a lot of, um, I would just say deferred maintenance buildings where people maybe have owned them since their existence. And yeah. It could be 40 years, 30 years, 50 years, whatever that is. And they've let them kind of go by the wayside and their passion and energy just isn't there anymore. And so mm -hmm. typically we've been able to find those guys to do seller financing, right? Yeah. And sometimes surprisingly. So, uh, you know, I think of Washington where she said yes and for oh. as long as possible, right? Or even the church recently, that right? A beautiful one. That one, that one is, uh, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you got to get them right then and there. Those, those are two. I guess I just named that. We got seller financing basically on the first day. Mm -hmm. So, anyways, you guys, there, there's a lot of opportunity in the valley. And if you're interested in connecting with Brandon, you could reach out to him directly. It's Brandon Copeland. I'm not going to give his number over here. You got to go through us. We're going to screen you first. Or, uh, you know, if you want to learn how to do this and you want to go to Real Estate Knowledge Institute or realestateki.com, we could uh, help you with that. Get get going. And and that's not just the Phoenix market or, you know, Arizona. It's across the country. We, we do, you know, we help people do commercial real estate and teaching that from uh, from our perspective. And, and if we we don't and when I say we, I'm looking at Julie right now, but if we don't necessarily have that, our team, we deal with. We have a phenomenal team at Real Estate 
Knowledge Institute, and that, those are people that could come out and work with you one-on-one. -on -one. And that could be from just fix and flip. And if you're listening and you're already doing fix and flips and you're trying to figure out how to take it to the next level and you're scared like we were, because we were scared. We didn't know commercial real estate. And now I, I think we're, as the years have gone on, we get, we get a little bit more crazy, I would say, or aggressive. You've ramped up pretty quick. Hey, let's just do this, yeah. right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's the duty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No fear. No, I, I think you have to. And uh, we've been able to find those really good deals that yeah. it's, sometimes we may not know an exit or have a end use for it, but we just know it's a good deal price per square foot, where it's at, location, whatever. Mm -hmm. And we know we're, we're winning doing it. So anyways, uh, if you guys need help with that, reach out to us, let us know. Um, or if you're in the Valley and you want to connect with Brandon directly, uh, feel free to do so. Anyways, uh, thanks for joining me today, Brandon. We're going to yeah. go ahead to a property. We have uh, 10 minutes to get 20 minutes away. So uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, thanks for listening, you guys. Uh, Look forward to having you guys uh, listen to us on our next one, our next podcast, and making these a success. So thanks for listening. Thanks, John. All right. Shake and bake. Shake and bake.